Welcome to the Daily DDT Podcast, part of the Fan Sided Podcast Network. Here's your host, Jaden Becker. WWE talent leaving the company. WWE WrestleMania 37 host revealed, and I rank every fast lane pay per view ever from worst to best. I'm Jaden Becker, and this is the Daily DDT Podcast. You can catch this podcast on all your favorite platforms for your morning drive, lunch break, or whenever you need your wrestling fix. Make sure you subscribe on Apple Podcasts so you never miss an episode. And remember, you can ask your smart device to play the Daily DDT Podcast. If you like content like this, check out our writers at dailyddt.com. And if you want to hear more from me, give me a follow on Twitter and Instagram at JadenBeckerTV. Last night was WWE's Friday Night Smackdown, but before we get into that, let's check out our news. WWE talent leaving the company, a backstage interviewer and host Charlie Caruso is expected to leave the company. Uh, this comes after reports that were uh, backstage heat on Caruso due to her being late to conduct interviews. According to PW Insider, Caruso will be leaving when her current contract expires and will no longer be appearing on WWE television. Uh, WWE's recent hiring of Kevin Patrick is seen as Caruso's replacement. Uh, If you're interested in continuing on seeing Charlie Caruso, uh, she will be on ESPN uh, hosting uh, multiple different things. Currently, she uh, fills in for Molly Kiram on First Take and hosts that with Stephen A. and Max Kellerman. And also, she hosts uh, First Take, Her Take, uh, which is the new first take edition, but all women, which is very, very nice as well. WrestleMania 37 hosts are revealed. WWE Hall of Famer Hulk Hogan and Titus O'Neil will uh, be the hosts for WrestleMania 37, as announced uh, recently on this episode of not only of Friday Night SmackDown, but on all social media by the WWE. Hogan will be inducted into the 2020 WWE Hall of Fame class uh, with the NWO. Uh, I believe this is his second Hall of Fame induction uh, besides himself. And also... We get to see Titus O'Neil, who we don't get to see too, too often in the WWE anymore, but we will get to see him, and uh, he is a huge part of the Tampa Bay community, so for him to be involved as well is also very nice. So far, the WrestleMania card looks like this, if you're interested. Uh, WWE Universal title match, Edge versus Roman Reigns. Uh, WWE title match, Drew McIntyre versus Bobby Lashley. SmackDown Women's title, Bianca Belair versus Sasha Banks. And the Raw Tag Team Titles match with Omos making his in-ring debut for the WWE Omos. And AJ Styles taking on the New Day. Uh, We're going to go right into last night's Friday Night Smackdown, but before we get into that, let us thank our sponsor, Manscaped, who is the best in men's below-the-waist grooming. Manscaped offers precision-engineered tools for your family jewels. They obsess over their technology developments to provide you the best tools for your grooming experience. Manscaped is trusted by over 2 million men worldwide. Manscaped has created the best ball hair trimmer ever. The Lawnmower 3.0, their third-generation trimmer, features a cutting-edge ceramic blade to reduce grooming accidents thanks to their advanced skin-safe technology. I now feel confident shaving my boys. We have an exclusive offer for my listeners, 20% off plus free shipping with the code FANSIDED20 at manscaped.com. That is FANSIDED20, all caps, at manscaped.com. 
at checkout. Unlock your confidence and always use the right tools for the job with Manscaped. Looking at last night's Friday Night Smackdown, starting off the show with a match, finally, not with Roman Reigns or with Edge or with Daniel Bryan even, uh, starting the show off with a match, and that is Sasha Banks versus Nia Jax for the WWE SmackDown Women's Championship. Uh, Nia Jax deserved this title opportunity after pinning both uh, Sasha Banks and Asuka, for that matter, both pitting them both in, a, I think, a span of two matches. So Nia Jax definitely deserving of a title opportunity, and here it is. Uh, Sasha Banks obviously coming into this one as the champion. Uh, Bianca Belair backstage upset that Banks accepted this match, given the fact that uh, they have a match coming up at WrestleMania. Nia Jax in control early on with Banks struggling. Belair enters to motivate Banks, even though Belair said she wasn't going to get involved. Uh, Belair attacks Baszler on the outside. A miscommunication causes Baszler to kick Jax in the face. Uh, Banks pins Jax for the win and for her to retain her SmackDown Women's Championship. Great way to start the show and uh, and a great way to start the show with a match for that matter instead of a promo segment. I think that's always, always nice to see, especially given the fact that uh, we don't usually always see uh, matches to start the show, pretty f- uh, funny enough. But also a women's match to start the show at that. I thought that was great. Uh, no Reginald as he was on a spa day, as I mentioned. Uh, you know, when you have Reginald around in these segments, I feel like it always muddies the water, especially when Sasha Banks and Bianca Belair are involved, given that there's no real reason for him to be involved. So I'm glad that he was away on a spa day. He should take more spa days uh, when Banks and Belair are involved. But if it's just Jax and Baszler, I have no problem with Reginald being there, especially if it's on Monday Night Raw. I think that's fine. Uh, next segment, we have a Seth Rollins promo. He's still upset at the people who walked away, especially Cesaro, for staying and disrespecting him even more by staying ringside and honestly making fun of him. Uh, makes fun of Cesaro's lack of success in the WWE. Calls Cesaro the biggest waste of potential in WWE history. Uh, Nakamura enters and grabs the microphone on Rollins, set, telling him to shut up. The two brawl ending with Nakamura connecting with the Kinsasa. I love Rollins' work here because uh, now Rollins continuing to be that guy that tries to build up uh, guys that are either being underused or misvalued. Uh, you can argue that with Nakamura. You can argue that with Cesaro. You can argue that back in the day uh, with uh, Kevin Owens and their match at WrestleMania, finally giving Kevin Owens a WrestleMania moment of him drop, jumping off of the uh, of the pirate flag, if you will, or the WrestleMania sign. Uh, through the announce table, that was a big spot in a WrestleMania moment for Kevin Owens. Seth Rollins was able to give that to him. Seth Rollins also doing great work uh, back over the summer and uh, deep into the fall, uh, talking about uh, Dominic Mysterio and the Mysterio family, how that was all working out. So it all really, really worked out well for uh, Rollins. It now uh, obviously has had a great career so far in the WWE and now helping others to try and reach his level, you know, really pulling up. I wouldn't say from the depths of the roster. It's not like that. It's not like he's pulling up from the lower card of the 24-7 title guys. But no, he's pulling up from guys that definitely have a ton of potential in the world. But the main issue is that they're not getting the attention that they deserve. Uh, much like Cesaro, much like Nakamura currently, and much like uh, Kevin Owens and Dominic Mysterio were getting uh, back over the summer and around WrestleMania season. 
Next match, the Street Profits versus Dominic and Rey Mysterio. Uh, Dolph Ziggler and Robert Roode on commentary. A great back-and-forth match. Dominic takes a nasty clothesline. And the Street Profits can't hold on to the match as Dominic rolls up Angelo Dawkins to pick up the surprise victory. A huge win for the Mysterios and a surprising but understandable loss as the night goes on. A uh, big loss for the Street Profits, to be honest with you, especially with Dominic being the one to pick up the pin. Uh, and a great win for Dominic there in the tag team match. Uh, Alpha Academy enters saying that they're still the number one contenders for the SmackDown tag team titles and are attacked by the Mysterio family. Uh, they go to commercial break, and when they come back, Dominic and Rey Mysterio are in an official match against Alpha Academy. Uh, the Street Profits join on commentary with uh, Dolph Ziggler and Robert Roode on commentary still as well. Ziggler praising Otis, saying that they've let bygones be bygones. I still think this is a little bit odd given the fact that all that Ziggler and Otis went through, especially back in the summer and around WrestleMania time as well with Mandy Rose. Uh, they're letting bygones be bygones, but at the same time, it, there's still a ton, a ton of history there. And I feel like this commentary segment uh, isn't really what uh, makes it all go away. They mention a lot about March Madness. If you've been watching yesterday, there was a huge upset. Oral Roberts defeating Ohio State. Ohio State coming in as the two seed and Oral Roberts as the 15 seed. Usually you do not see a 15 seed beat a two seed. The lower the number, the better the team is. So... Uh, you see Oral Roberts pick of the victory. Uh, Angelo Dawkins is a huge Ohio State fan. I believe he went to Ohio State. I could be wrong, but it, for him to be uh, such a fan as he is on, on Twitter, uh, you only imagine he has to be an alumni of some sort. Uh, but taking a huge loss, Ohio State there. Uh, Oral Roberts picking up the victory in March Madness, and they make a ton of comments on that on uh, SmackDown as well. Uh, Dominic enters on a hot tag but can't get the quick pin. Otis connects with a absolutely huge splash flying across the ring onto Dominic Mysterio to pick up the win. Uh, looking like we'll see a four-way tag team title match at some point uh, with the Mysterio family, Alpha Academy, the Dolph Ziggler and Robert Roode, and the Street Profits all going at it. At some point, I believe that's what we're going to see somewhere down the line. Uh, possibly uh, at Mania we could see that, but... Uh, either way, uh, it's sort of tough with the SmackDown Tag Team Division, especially when you throw it all of us, th throw all of the Tag Team Division at once, pretty much, because at this point it's them four, like the the four teams. That is the Tag Team Division for SmackDown, and obviously, like I mentioned, you got to work on the Tag Team Division, not fighting over. Uh, the belt, but fighting over feuds and why they're actually genuinely angry at each other, not just because of the belt. And that's all it is. It's all because of this belt. Everyone's always fighting for the belt in the WWE, and we see it again. But uh, especially also when, when it's all four SmackDown tag teams at the same exact time, it's also sort of tough to swallow as well. Uh, Daniel Bryan cuts a promo, says Edge wants to face Reigns because Edge knows he can't beat uh, himself, Daniel Bryan. Also says he'll make Roman Reigns tap out. That makes Roman Reigns enter, saying that Bryan can't tap him out, pretty much. Uh, says he's never tapped out in his career. And I don't know if that's true. Someone needs to Google that for me. I need, I need a good researcher there, is seeing if Roman Reigns has ever tapped out in a WWE ring it's had to have happened before and uh, if you go back deep enough you'd probably find it but uh, I, that's a fun thing to uh, to think about 
Brian says, uh, no matter what happens at Fastlane, he'll walk out as the Universal Champion. These promos, uh, they're, they're all, that's what they are. They're promotions for uh, the Fastlane. And I, I am excited for Fastlane, but what's going to make me more excited is the main event between Edge and Jey Uso. That's really what's going to get my the gears going for me. In our next match, this, is my, this is my, was my favorite part of the show. Sami Zayn versus King Corbin. It wasn't the match itself. It was the hype package prior to the match that dubbed this match the least anticipated match of all time, literally, by the voiceover. And I thought that was absolutely hilarious. They were trashing both Sami Zayn and King Corbin on uh, the, the voiceover. So I thought that was absolutely hilarious. Uh, I thought the, the my favorite part of the show, because it, it was WWE poking fun of themselves, knowing that uh, you know we don't really want to see King Corbin in as many matches as we usually see him in nowadays. And uh, I wouldn't say the same thing about Sami Zayn, especially with the feud that he's about to get into. But I thought it was fun that they were able to poke fun at themselves. Kevin Owens on commentary. Uh, Zayn using the ropes to try and get the pinfall, but is caught. And then Zayn tries to remove the turnbuckle, but Corbin connects with the end of days to pick up the victory. Kevin Owens is confronted by Zayn as Zayn tries to make KO believe in his conspiracy theories. Uh, Kevin Owens doesn't want to believe it, and honestly... Uh, makes the right choice in saying that not siding with Sami Zayn, saying that, uh, you know, you're the one that's actually crazy, Sami Zayn. You're the one that's trying to make up this whole narrative and uh, my favorite word, gaslight the whole situation into the way that you want everyone else to believe it. So a halluva kick from Zayn onto Owens, and this could lead to a fantastic match at WrestleMania, uh, which anyone would want to see, especially if you've been uh, watching them dating back to NXT. And this is honestly a, a role of a reversal. Sami Zayn now the one that's crazy and not Kevin Owens. Kevin Owens the more sane one. Where back in the day, the roles were kind of reversed. Big E and Apollo Crews split screen interview. Uh, I'm still not a fan of Big E's promo style. Not much of what he's saying, but his delivery that I say is sort of off-putting for me. Uh, I think he, it always feels like he's holding back tears and it's, it's he's angered rage, but it, it's off-putting to me. It's not really like, ooh, I, I, I'm intrigued because of his rage. I'm more of like, ugh, like I sort of shy away from it because of Biggie. Maybe that's if that's the, the thing you're going for, Biggie, it's, like, it's kind of losing me. But uh, he, I know he's definitely putting in the effort there. It, it's just not coming across to me, I think, as he's intending. Uh, Cruz still has the Nigerian accent. Uh, I'm, it's growing on me at this point. Uh, he does have a great quote here. And he says, Fill your mouth with a razor, you'll spit blood. Meaning, if you, you speak harsh words or speak something that, that uh, it spits like a sharp edge, uh, you're going to spit blood because you know, you're, you're, you're going to get attacked for what you're saying. So I thought that was a really, really nice quote there. I might use that more often in my, my daily life. Why not? Uh, Big E leaves the interview uh, driving a golf cart away looking for Apollo Crews to two meet and brawl backstage, uh, ending up with uh, Big E with the advantage. So that left a lot of people to wonder, oh, is Big E going to lose at uh, a, a Fastlane coming up? Because, oh, no, he had the advantage uh, at the end of the uh, brawl segment in the go-home show. So that must mean that Apollo Crews is going to come out on top at at Fastlane with the Intercontinental Championship, 
Well, can that happen? Sure, why not? But I think there's a, a rocket strapped to Big E's back in the eyes of the WWE. Maybe not in the eyes to me, but in the eyes of the WWE, he's doing a good enough job to continue to hold his Intercontinental Championship. I believe he's held this championship since Christmas Day. I think that's when he won it, the, the day that they also had the steel cage match between Kevin Owens and Roman Reigns. So for it to all tie together in that sense where he's been holding this belt for about uh, three months now, I think, and now for him to lose it to Apollo Crews, yes, it's going to look great for Apollo Crews, not going to deny that, but it's not going to look that good for Big E, given the fact that I don't think he's anywhere near ready for a major title picture yet in the WWE. I think his promo work needs a lot of work. I think uh, his, his in-ring stuff, it's good, but it's all his matches look very similar. You know, he has his moves of doom with his Yurinagi in the corner and his splash on the apron. Yes, they're big spots in the match, but we see them in every match, every single match, and it kind of gets under my skin just a little bit with Big E. I think he has a ton of potential in the world, obviously. We've seen him in the WWE for so, so long that everyone assumes at one point he's going to be able to be a top guy, but I still think he's not ready yet to be that top guy in the WWE holding either the Universal or the WWE Championship. Right now, I think he's perfect where he stands with the Intercontinental Championship and continues to go on with feuds that actually mean something more than just the belt because it does mean more than just the belt right now. I think it's just between two men that really uh, have a grudge for each other in Apollo Crews and Big E. Next match, Shayna Baszler versus Bianca Belair. This match was made earlier in the night as Shayna Baszler wanted to make up to Nia Jax uh, for kicking her in the face. Uh, Sasha Banks enters... Uh, because Bianca Belair entered earlier in the, in the night in the first match. So Sasha Banks enters here, but soon leaves saying that she'll watch from the back. Nia Jax leaves ringside while being mad at Baszler for kicking her in the face early in the night. So I guess her anger just overwhelming her, overwhelming her uh, later in the night, a few hours later. Uh, Tamina and Natalia attack Baszler and Belair, claiming they should be next in line for the women's tag team titles, which they do have a good point. But at the same time, they, this match does end in a disqualification. It really just ends in a no contest. This match is thrown out. And so uh, Belair doesn't get the loss. Baszler doesn't get the loss. Neither of them get the win either. So it wouldn't seem been nice to see uh, Belair get the win here. But at the same time, I really have no idea what's going to happen at Fastlane. Are they going to put the belts on Belair and Banks and make them tag team champions even though they have a match at Mania against each other? Uh, are they going to keep it on Baszler and Jax, even though Baszler and Jax would give both Banks and Belair a loss heading into WrestleMania, which is not what you want to see? Is it going to end in a no contest where, or in a disqualification where the belts don't change hands? But uh, at the same time, no one, no one wants to see a type of no contest in a pay-per-view setting, especially if you're paying $10 for it on the network. So you, you're paying money to see matches finish and, and feuds uh, develop and stuff like that. So if it ends in, in a no contest, that sort of hurts your case there. So it's, it's a lose, 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 lose around the board. Uh, I, man, putting, I guess the, the less loss would be giving the belts to Belair and Banks, but what does that do to the women's tag team division as a whole? Tamina and Natalia are going to be real mad, real, real mad. Moving on to our main event, Edge versus Jey Uso. The winner is the special ringside enforcer at Fastlane. I, I was misstruding the information. Uh, I thought there would be a special guest referee, but no, it's just a special ringside enforcer. What does that entail? Uh, they're going to have some special access to the match, I believe, and I guess they're able to interfere, but 
uh, not win the match. I really have no clue, to be honest with you, what Rings Head and Force is, but I think it's just a good way to get uh, these guys that haven't been on television that often on television often. Well, I'm not saying that Edge is not hasn't been on television often, but it's a good way to get him uh, in the eyes of the pay-per-view and a good way to sell uh, tickets as well. Uh, in in the entrance for Edge, you got the jacket, you had the hair, you had the smoke, you had the music, you had the pyro, you had my whole childhood wrapped up in a bun, right? Oh, oh right in, in a little bun, a nice little bow. Everything you want to see from Edge uh, is enough to make a man cry sometimes. I, I really, I honestly swear because it, it, he, he did everything right. His gear was on point. He had the nice baby blue uh, knee pads and shin guards, and everything like that. He had, as I mentioned, the jacket. The smoke, the pyro, that's absolutely perfect for him. The music, oh, I, I can go on and on and on talking about Edge and how perfect of a character he he really is. And he was back then in the WWE. Throughout the whole night, uh, they showed highlights of him on SmackDown and the things that he accomplished. You know, winning the tag team titles with Hulk Hogan. Uh, he uh, cashing in the Money in the Bank briefcase on The Undertaker and win the World Heavyweight Championship, him retiring from the WWE after revealing that he has like numbness in his arms and because of the previous neck injuries and stuff like that, he had to retire and relinquish the World Heavyweight Championship. So they, they went through it all. And uh, to see him make his entrance on SmackDown once again. As a kid, I remember Edge on SmackDown all the time with Vicky Guerrero and Teddy Long, the feuds he used to have with the... Undertaker, that whole story, and then him at SummerSlam, him being thrown through the ring after the match, after the Hell in the Cell match that Edge and Undertaker had, those two were just so perfect, so perfect together one-on-one. I can go on and on about Edge, she's one of my favorites of all time. But go looking at the match, uh, Daniel Bryan on commentary for this one. You know on SmackDown, they just love to have everyone on commentary. You just got to make sure they can do the job. Obviously, Daniel Bryan can do the job. Uso working the midsection of Edge, uh, driving Edge into the announce table with a dive to the outside. Edge fin- uh, fighting back and forth. Uh, Hair Karana from Edge from the top rope. I thought that was really nice. Execution from Edge as well. Uh, a, Edge was going for a spear, but that was stopped by a super kick. I did not hear a leg slap, so good on Jey Uso there. Uh, frog splash, but Edge kicks out. Edge connects with a spear and wins the match and will be the special in ringside enforcer at Fastlane. So once again, selling tickets and well, getting pay-per-view buys and uh, Edge being ringside for that. Uh, might bring that up just a little bit, if you will. Uh, putting uh, an end to the night. Uh, well, one thing I do want to say about Edge and, and putting my fine, fond uh, childhood memories aside just for a little bit uh, and, and removing my, my childhood bias there, uh, Edge does look a little old. I'm not going to deny that. Edge does look a little old. He does look like he's been, he's seen a little bit of uh, the other side of the book, you know. He, he's, on, he's on his back pages. He's not in the middle of his career anymore. You know, you definitely see in his face, his body looks great, but he doesn't move around the ring like he used to, or at least how, how I remember him, how he used to as a kid. I'm not going to deny that. I'm not going to say Edge is the end-all, be-all, greatest of all time. I'm not going to say that. But it, it, definitely how he looks now, he looks different. But for him to still put on a pretty decent match with Jey Uso for the main event of, of SmackDown, I really give him a ton of credit in the world. And I think the match that he's going to have with Roman Reigns at WrestleMania is going to be a pretty solid match as well, but I'm not saying that he's anywhere near 
where he was when I was younger, when we when we all watched him in the late 2000s, early 2010s, before he retired, he was just a different animal at that time, especially in the mid-2000s when he was really running rampant and the true rated R superstar, you know, the the ultimate opportunist and all that. Uh, he, he looks old. He looks old. And, and I wouldn't say he looks old in a sense of, the Undertaker can barely put on a match anymore, really just going out there for the fans and trying to clump something together. He he can still put on a good match. He's just he's not he's not young anymore. And, and I think it's fair to say that. It, it, I would, would did he age like a fine wine? Maybe. You could argue that way as well. You could put a nice spin on it, whatever you want to do it, but he definitely looks a little bit a little old. Reigns enters and attacks both Edge and Daniel Bryan as the show fades to black. Of course, Roman Reigns putting his imprint on the main event, as he should, as he is the Universal Champion. And uh, you look at this show, I'm going to give it a final grade. This was the go-home show to Fastlane, that is this Sunday. And uh, I want to say the first hour of this show was missable. You could have watched this first, you didn't need to watch the first hour of this show. Uh, to to watch uh, Fastlane. But the back end I thought was really good with Sami Zayn and Kevin Owens. I thought that was great. The Big E and Apollo Crews segment I thought that was fun as well even though I'm not a huge fan of Big E's promos. Uh, and then looking at the main event of course that that was you don't want to miss Edge on SmackDown. It, it's an Edge match. You don't want to miss that. So I wouldn't say that was missable either. So I'm going to give this a C right on the line. Uh, if it, any if Edge wasn't on this card, I feel like it would be a little lower, be like a C minus or a D plus. Honestly, for a go home show, I was expecting a little bit more from SmackDown. To be honest with you, I hold SmackDown to a high standard, and I did I did think they put it on a good show, but some parts of this show was missable, and you don't really want that for a go home show, which is a little upsetting. But I am excited to see what they do at Fastlane going forward. Especially given the fact that there's a chance that Daniel Bryan might, 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 big might here win against uh, Roman Reigns. Uh, would I be upset to see that? 100% without a shadow of a doubt. I want to see Roman Reigns hold his belt for a very, very long time. But if Daniel Bryan wins, it's not the end of the world given the match between Daniel Bryan at Edge at Mania would be fantastic as well. But given that Roman Reigns is the guy in the WWE right now, uh, he can deserves to continue to be that guy and to main event WrestleMania. There's no reason why he should not. Speaking of Fastlane, after the break, I'm going to go through the top five WWE Fastlane pay-per-views of all time, something you're not going to want to miss, so stick with us right here on the Daily DDT Podcast. On this day in pro wrestling history, on March 20th, 1978, Madison Square Garden in New York City, superstar Billy Graham defeated Bob Backlund of Via referee stoppage when Backlund was cut over his eye at the time, the WWF Championship could not change hands via referee stoppage, so Bob Backlund did not lose the title. On March 20th, 1983, also at Madison Square Garden, WWF Champion Bob Backlund defeated WWF Intercontinental Champion Don Morocco in a Texas death match. Fun that they had a Texas death match in Madison Square Garden, given, you know, that we're not in Texas, they were in Madison Square Garden. You could have a street fight, why not that? And on March 20th, 1994, Madison Square Garden hosted WrestleMania 10, so Madison Square Garden definitely has an open date 
always on March 20th, it seems like, for the WWE, especially back in the 70s, 80s, and 90s. And uh, they've found uh, two fantastic matches, and not only that, a WrestleMania. Uh, this WrestleMania is best known for Owen Hart versus Bret Hart, the Razor Ramon versus Shawn Michaels match, uh, that ladder match for the WWF Intercontinental Championship, and uh, Yokozuna and Bret Hart for the WWF uh, Championship. Rowdy Roddy Piper was the special guest referee. Uh, this is also the last appearance of Macho Man Randy Savage on the WWE uh, TV or WWE programming uh, as he would make his way over to uh, WCW. Moving on, we're going to go through the top five WWE Fastlane pay-per-views of all time. Uh, there's only been five Fastlane pay-per-views of all time spanning from uh, 2015 to 2019. There was not a Fastlane pay-per-view in 2020. I I'm trying to remember if there was supposed to be or not, or because of COVID it had to be canceled or stop or anything like that. I'm trying to remember if there was supposed to be in the at towards late March. I'm thinking there might have been supposed to be one, but at the same time, WWE at that time they had the Rumble that year. They had. Uh, Super Showdown in Saudi, and they also had an Elimination Chamber. So I'm thinking, was there supposed to be a fast lane or not in 2020? I'm not sure, but they definitely did have a Mania, and that Mania was from the Performance Center. But looking at the number five, I'm going to go with WWE Fast Lane 2018. I'm going from worst to best here, and uh, I'm going to give some notable moments for each one. Uh, I'm going to give some moments that I enjoyed, some moments that I didn't enjoy. And so starting off with Fastlane 2018 as the quote-unquote the worst one, they did have some good moments. Bobby Roode or uh, Robert Roode uh, defending his United States Championship against Randy Orton. Uh, Orton winning his first United States Championship and becoming the 18th Grand Slam champion uh, in the history of the WWE. Asuka as the Women's Royal Rumble winner, decides to challenge Charlotte Flair for the SmackDown Women's Championship at WrestleMania 34. And AJ Styles defended his WWE Championship in a six-pack challenger in order to face Nakamura at WrestleMania 34. I put this as the last one, as the number five, as uh, the moments were strong, but the interferences at the end of the matches were off-putting for me. I felt like there was a lot of false finishes in this pay-per-view, and... For a pay-per-view to have that, I feel like it doesn't really uh, set the stage well for WrestleMania, especially when everything becomes very, very predictable. And when you have these interferences, it doesn't feel like a pay-per-view. It feels like a, a, a SmackDown. And this was a SmackDown brand, uh, branded Fastlane at the time. And that's what it honestly felt like. It felt like we were watching another SmackDown just on a Sunday. So that's what made this a little bit different for me. And that's why I have it at number five. Looking at number four, Fastlane 2017. A uh, great cruiserweight match. Uh, another great match: Smojo versus Sami Zayn, and uh, Roman Reigns versus Braun Strowman uh, were all matches that people really liked towards this pay-per-view. Outside of that, uh, ending once again was sort of soured this pay-per-view. Uh, Kevin Owens versus Goldberg. Uh, as the match began, uh, Chris Jericho's music played and appeared on the stage, which distracted Owens. Goldberg took advantage of that and hit. Uh, Owens with a spear and a jackhammer uh, to win the Universal Championship. Uh, this turned Goldberg's uh, WrestleMania 33 match against uh, Brock Lesnar into a championship match for the Universal Championship. And ending on that note with the main event, 
uh, if once again ending with that false finish or with that uh, storyline change it hurt for Kevin Owens a lot I felt like even though he was going to end up having a match with uh, Jericho but at the same time it did help Goldberg's Brock Lesnar match, given that it did put the title on the line there, and uh, it, it made that making that a title match was obviously a huge thing for Goldberg and Lesnar. And you got to remember also as well uh, the matches that they had with Joe and Zayn. That was great. Reigns and Strowman were great, and they're great matches for the company at the time. I believe that the cruiserweight championship match was between uh, Gallagher and uh, Neville. And obviously, those Neville will go on to do great things. Now he's pack on AEW, and he's an absolute superstar. At number three, I'm going with Fastlane 2016. A lot of mixed thoughts with this pay-per-view for me. What puts this over the top for me is the main event between Dean Ambrose, Roman Reigns, and Brock Lesnar to find the number one contender for the WWE Championship. Uh, AJ Styles versus Chris Jericho is really fun, even though the Styles Clash wasn't being protected as well at the time. But the calf crusher in that match was fantastic and sold terrifically by Chris Jericho. And uh, you can say the same about the United States Championship match between Kevin Owens and Ziggler, which I personally think I don't think gets enough credit. Uh, I also think Dolph Ziggler doesn't get enough credit in the world. I, I have this one friend that really, really loves Dolph Ziggler and everything he does and uh, doesn't get enough credit for uh, what Dolph Ziggler does in the WWE today. You know, people talk about how it's like, oh, he's such a great bumper. He bumps around. It's so fantastic. Oh, he should be she promoted more. He should be boosted more. And I, I even got some hate a little bit. I wouldn't say hate, but I got some pushback on my um, most unluckiest guys or most unluckiest pro wrestlers in uh, pro wrestling today. I made that list on St. Patrick's Day to uh, switch things up a little bit. And people say, oh, Dolph Ziggler should be on that list. Well, he's a current SmackDown Tag Team Champion, so I can't really call him unlucky, a person that's a, a champion. But at the same time, I did put Asuka on that list, and she is the Raw Women's Champion. But I think there's a little bit of a different narrative there. But I'm getting a little bit off topic. So going back to Fastlane 2016, uh, what stops us from going any higher was some of the segments that were in this time, which is really, really bad. Like the Edge and Christian uh, cutting edge peep show segment that was just, uh, a lot of people describe it as a, and honestly how I took it at the time, was just like a big advertisement for the show, which uh, I, it was off-putting, especially on a, a pay-per-view. And uh, surprisingly, the Brie Bella versus Charlotte Flair match lacked a little bit of luster for me with Brie Bella doing a lot of Daniel Bryan's moves. Uh, some people enjoyed it. Personally, I thought it was a little off-putting. And uh, yeah, I guess it's a you know it's her husband and everything like that. I think it's there's a connection there. Obviously, it's not like doing it out the blue. But I wanted to see her do her, not do her do the her husband's moves in that way. Moving on to number two, Fastlane 2019. Although a predictable show, and a lot of these Fastlanes are predictable shows, uh, Fastlane 2019 delivered on many levels. Uh, Daniel Bryan versus Mustafa Ali and Kevin Owens in a triple threat match for the WWE Championship. You, you often forget Ali was involved in the title picture back in 2019. Uh, Samoa Joe defending his uh, U.S. title versus Andrade, R-Truth, and Rey Mysterio. And The Shield uh, defeating uh, Baron Corbin, Bobby Lashley, and Drew McIntyre, doing all their classic spots like the you know the triple power bomb and all the all the things that Shields used to do back in the day. Uh, this would be their second to last pay per view, quote unquote pay per view match together before their own network special. That's why I say quote unquote pay per view. If you want to call their network special a a pay per view, I don't know if you do or don't, but Fast Lane 
was the last one that's that's like a reoccurring pay-per-view was that I thought the WWE title match was the best match of that night uh, while the US title match and the six-man tag team match with the Shield were also really really good as well uh, the storylines were progressed throughout the night in other matches and I thought it was just a really fun night overall, even though there was no title changes. So if you're into that type of stuff, that might not be your cup of tea. But I think Fastlane doesn't need huge title changes on the road to WrestleMania because you're trying to build up. You're on the Fastlane. Literally, you're on the Fastlane to WrestleMania. And for there to be a detour or a roadblock, didn't they have a pay-per-view called Roadblock at one point? If you have something in that in your way, like a title change, it sort of stops the momentum, causing it to have to rebuild that momentum uh, pretty fast. As WrestleMania, even WrestleMania for for us right now, I believe is four weeks away, three weeks away. So, it, it, to for, to switch gears like that uh, on the road to WrestleMania, it's tough, but it can be done right, especially when you already have a match in place where you're like putting the belts on to Goldberg for the Lesnar-Goldberg match, that sped up momentum for that match. So uh, there's a right way to do it, there's a wrong way to do it. Having no title changes, it doesn't really bother me. It, 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 sometimes it does, uh, especially if it's in the middle of the year and there's nothing going on. But when you're on the road to WrestleMania, it's a little bit different story. But if it's if you know if it's class of champions and something like that and there's no title changes, then you got a problem. Fastlane 2015, I'm putting that one at number one. And uh, sometimes there's no better than the first. Fastlane 2015 was the first ever Fastlane. And this show had great moments. And I, sometimes I think that is more valuable than great matches. When you have great moments throughout a pay-per-view. Especially on the road to WrestleMania. Because you don't want the matches to overshadow the the matches coming in the future. So you want moments to be big to build up to those big matches at WrestleMania. Uh, Triple H and Sting having their confrontation for them to have their match at WrestleMania 31. Rusev making John Cena pass out to pick up the win and look extremely dominant heading into WrestleMania 31 as the United States Champion. Remember, he answered that WrestleMania on a tank, which was great. I, I consider that part of his career uh, Rusev's peak in the WWE, or at least the start of it being at that fast lane, especially making John Cena pass out. A fantastic visual there. And the main event, arguably one of the greatest, if not the greatest matches in fast lane short history, Roman Reigns versus Daniel Bryan for the WWE Championship. Uh, this match ended with Daniel Bryan losing to Roman Reigns, with Reigns going on to face the bigger opponent in Brock Lesnar, using Bryan as a stepping stone. And uh, hmm, I wonder where we uh, where we hear this, uh, heard this before. Oh, let me think. Oh, it's uh, going on right now. Literally going on right now as we speak. And uh, on a side note, I think that it's kind of a bad thing that's going on right now because we've seen this story before. And even though it was six years ago, it's still pretty fresh in our minds for people that have been watching for a good time and notice, noticing the evolution of it all, especially since it's happening at the same exact pay-per-view and building up to the same exact idea with Roman Reigns looking strong by defeating Daniel Bryan to head into WrestleMania to go up against Edge. Much like then, Roman Reigns needing to look strong, defeating Daniel Bryan to go up against uh, Brock Lesnar. So, same type of idea here. Literally the same type of idea. Why would they tell the same exact story again who knows, but we could see, we could see 
an Edge Daniel Bryan match at WrestleMania if Daniel Bryan does pick up the victory here. Or we could see a triple threat match between Edge Daniel Bryan and Roman Reigns if that is the case because Roman Reigns has to be involved in WrestleMania. Like, there's no question about that. So for that to happen, that could that could be a difference maker in our road to WrestleMania. But getting Daniel Bryan involved, I feel like would be a roadblock or a momentum shifter in a sense where uh, I'm excited to see Edge and Roman Reigns. I feel like they, they booked it well, especially after the Royal Rumble. They made Edge uh, wait a little bit, and they made Roman Reigns wait a, bit, a little bit well for him to pick who, whoever he was going to pick, whether it was going to be Drew McIntyre or whether it was going to be Roman Reigns. Ended up picking Roman Reigns over Drew McIntyre, even though different stories could be told either way he went. And I'm happy with it. I'm happy with it, and I hope going forward you'll be happy with it as well. And uh, it should be a fun time. It should def- definitely be a fun time uh, Sunday night coming up as we continue on this road down WrestleMania. But that's my list. The uh, five down to the number one. And once again, Fastlane 2018, Fastlane 2017, Fastlane 2016, and then Fastlane 2019 at number two. And at number one, Fastlane 2015. Sometimes there's just no better than the first. That's really uh, all you got to say about that. You got huge moments in Fastlane 2015. Looking on to our next episode, should be a fun one, call your bookies up, make sure you have your bets ready, write your notes down, everything you need, because I'm giving you my fast lane predictions in tomorrow's episode, should be a fun one, uh, that's all I'm going to do for that episode, tomorrow I'll give you the news of course, I'll give you the On The Stand Pro Wrestling, but both uh, before and after the break is just going to be the prediction show, because uh, you know, I'm, I'm excited excited for fast as much as you are and it's supposed to be some big matches on here you know you got the you got i'm, I'm trying this card it, it escapes me sometimes but because uh you know i'm so anticipating uh, wrestlemania that sometimes you overlook fast lane but you can't overlook fast lane it's a, still a pay-per-view at that but you have the roman reigns daniel bryan match you have the braun Strowman versus shane mcmahon match uh yeah yeah I'm, I just want to hope for the best for this Braun Strowman match because it could look very, very sour. And uh, hopefully, hopefully, I don't know what to, you guys have to let me know what you think about it, but that Rus- it could turn to a WrestleMania match between Strowman and Shane McMahon. I'm not sure if you guys are excited to see that. I'm not sure if anybody's excited to see that, but if you are, genuinely let me know because uh, I'm curious on what the, the retention is that for, for that match. So it should be a fun one for Fastlane. But once again, remember to call your bookies. Let them know. Jaden Becker is giving the predictions tomorrow. But that's all for me. Remember to get 20% off and free shipping with the code FANSIDE20 at Manscaped.com. That is 20% off with free shipping at Manscaped.com with your order and using the code FANSIDE20 at checkout. Unlock your confidence and always use the right tools for the job with Manscaped. You can catch this podcast on all your favorite providers. Make sure you subscribe on Apple Podcasts so you never miss an episode. And remember, you can ask your smart device to play the Daily DDT Podcast. If you like content like this, check out our writers at DailyDDT.com. And if you want to hear more from me, give me a follow on Twitter and Instagram at JadenBeckerTV. I'll see you tomorrow with another episode of the Daily DDT Podcast.